Welcome to another episode of the Paradigm 132 Podcast. I'm your humble and gracious host, Rashad Horn. Author, entrepreneur, truck driver, forward thinker. On today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about partnerships and trust. And, excuse me, just talk about some of the advantages of having a partnership. Um, Some of the reasons why we don't partner up with people based on some of the things that we may have heard and uh, old paradigms that we've been subjected to over a period of time. So let's get started. Excuse me again. The reason that I want to put out this this particular subject is for two reasons. Um, I read a book probably about two or three years ago called Power Numbers by Dr. Claude Anderson, and it was talking about group economics. And so obviously, of course, if we're talking about group economics, we're talking about pooling resources together to work together. And so in the midst of that, you obviously have to trust people and you also have to partner up with people. And a small example of that would be, which is an example that, you know, I thought about in my mind, but obviously it's people that actually work in this particular idea, but just a small idea. So in the event that a person has a farm, so you have... You have crops, you have, you know, you may have some livestock. All right, so your brother or sister across town, but y'all in the same town, all right, they have a supermarket. So instead of partnering up with a large group or a large company, why don't you go over there to the farmer that's in the same community and partner up with them? And so if you're utilizing that type of partnership in a, in a you know a small community or something like that, then it gives the people in the community the sense that, look, you can go and see where your food is coming from. You can go and talk to the farmer. You can go and see what it is that they're feeding, uh, the livestock, what type of seeds they're using. You know, you can go ask questions to these, you know, to these people. So it's, it's a group economic type of thing because <clears throat> the more money that's put into the supermarket, the more that the farmer can make and so the farmer can increase uh, the livestock, the farmer can increase uh, the vegetation. You as a person that's in the community, you can go to the farmer, you can go in and you can invest with the farmer to get new equipment, new, um, just new type of things of that particular nature. You can you know, group together, create a scholarship for some youth or maybe some people that are older in age to go and let them, you know, learn about cultivating new agriculture and things like that. So that's just a small example, but it, it can be massive if it's, you know, if it's utilized or implemented. And that's just, a, you know, just an example of working together and trusting people and just building partnerships, you know, but but that's one inspiration. And the other inspiration was I saw a story about uh, five guys that saved money up. Each one of them had a, an amount of money that they agreed upon that they saved every week for two years. And they just recently purchased a property. So it's five owners, you know, to one particular property. And so obviously I didn't read into any further detail about what it was that they were going to do, but it reminded me of a story. Well, not a story, but an excerpt that I read one time. And it was, it was talking about Mexicans. Um, and it was the story 
Um, it wasn't, it was a stereotypical, it was a stereotype story, but the end result was something great. So I'm sure most of us or maybe even Mexicans themselves have made jokes about um, them being seven, eight deep in cars, seven, eight deep living in, you know, houses and stuff like that. But if we really break it down, the excerpt said that seven or eight of them may live in one house. They bring in all their money. They pay for the house. Then they go get another house. And so in the end, it started off with seven in one house. Now it's seven and seven individual houses with seven individual families. And so now you've bought seven houses. So now you can start cultivating a neighborhood. And, I, and it started with a partnership and a trust. The partnership is that, look, all seven of us, we're going to partner up. We're going to put our money together. We're going to pay for this one. We're going to pay for the next one. We're going to pay for all that. And so at the end of the day, we're all going to own what it is that we live in and the land underneath it. And the trust comes in that, look, this is what you're paying for. This is what you're paying for. This is what you're paying for. And so you built that trust. And it's kind of like something that Dame Dash said. If you have 10 friends, right, and you're the one friend and all, all of y'all have, you know, a million dollars or $10 million, you know, I don't remember it word for word. But if you go flat broke, if you get a million from each one of your friends, all right, you back up. So you're supposed to, that's the type of trust that you need to have. It needs to be, you know, a family type of bond with this partnership and this trust right here. But. The question is, why don't we partner up? And so I'm not going to dabble too deep into this. I'm just going to try to keep it on a surface level. I feel like the simplest answer goes back to, again, as it pertains to my community, is that <clears throat> we've had um, comedians and even us amongst ourselves, we make jokes about you know that you know we're lazy. We might show up to work late. We uh, take break too long. You know, just any type of different type of thing. But it all leads back to the one common denominator, which is we're not as responsible as we need to be to conduct real business. And so, since we're not responsible enough the way that we need to be to conduct real business, then we're hesitant to work with one another, right? And so, I'm not. Obviously, of course, I'm not basing it just on uh, the comedian type of thing. It's a multitude of other things. You know, some people um, are looking to stab people in the back, you know, to get to the top and leave people behind. And so that scars people. And so once you institute something like that, it's passed down. And something that was interesting and funny to me is that I've heard that uh, a completely different generation than the first generation. So when I say a different generation, I'm talking about the parent and then the child. And so your parent may say, dang, I remember their parents. They were, they were shady individuals. I never trusted them. And so then it's kind of like your parent may look at their child and say, oh, well, maybe that's, their child's probably the same way because the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, right? And so, but their child may have a completely different outlook because they may look at their parents and say, you know, that is pretty shady, you know? 
So once things like that are passed down and passed down, passed down, and then you add in uh, stereotypes and stuff like that, then we get to the point that we're at right now to where we don't really feel like we can partner up with one another. Um, we feel like, you know, we want to be sole proprietors in a lot of things that we do when we really should be trying to work together to kind of push forth a lot of things. It was something I remember um, going on in um, the little small area that I stayed in. And it was kind of like, it was an election. And it was the incumbent, you know, the incumbent, the one that's already in office. And then you had two other candidates. And so what ended up happening is, is that the people should have come together and picked one particular candidate. But a lot of times people have petty differences and they allow for their petty differences to cloud their judgment on who they may feel like is the person that needs to be put into the position. And so what ended up happening in the long run is the votes ended up getting split. And so the person that was the incumbent, they ended up winning again by a wide margin. But the votes that were accoladed to the other two candidates, if all those votes had went to one candidate, then that candidate could have beat the incumbent. But seeing as that we let petty differences and petty ideologies stand in the way, we distance, our, we distance ourselves for, you know, just ignorant stuff. You know, maybe stuff that happened, you know, a long, long time ago. Because one thing I've, I told my wife and something I just remember is that a lot of people, for the most part, they won't let you grow. They won't they won't let you grow out of what you were in high school. And what I mean by that is that if you think about it, uh, the people that you went to grade school with, they've known you since you were six. All the way up until you were 18, maybe 19 and even 20. They've, long, they've known you for a long, long period of time. 12, 13, 14 years. And so that 14 years has, you know, essentially put an impression of, of you upon them. And so I've heard people that have been 25, 30 years removed from high school and they'll say something like, yeah, they ain't changed since high school. Or when they was in high school, they did this. So, and then they've completely changed their life. But because your mindset is still stuck on the last time you saw them, which was when y'all graduated or when y'all were in grade school, you're not giving them the ability to change as if once you graduate high school, you're fully mature, your thoughts and ideologies and everything that you're looking to gain and garner in this world, you got all that accomplished at 18 or 19 years old. And it's just not true. And so... You know, what ends up happening is, is that you could be a benefit for somebody, but because they still say, oh, I remember in high school, uh, we may have gotten in a fight or he, he or she took my girlfriend or boyfriend or something like that. Forget them. And, and that person will move on with their life, but you're still stuck in that, stuck in that, stuck in that place. And so you won't partner up with that person and you won't trust that person. You won't go campaign for that person. You won't jump on the ship of what that person got going on because of a petty difference that you had way back when. And it reminded me of a song 
uh, from Rocco. Rocco had a song called Smiling Faces. And I want to say it was the second verse. He was talking about um, a girl. It was, two, it was two women. And one of the women was the friend to one of the women. So she got kicked out of her house or something like that. And so she went to go live with her. And so in the end, the friend ended up sleeping with, you know, the husband. And so the girl, the woman comes in, asks her like, "What, you know, basically, what you do that for?" And so she said, "You remember when you stole my boyfriend back when we were ten, right?" And as funny as that sound, because I I recently listened to it and I bust out laughing, you know, because that's one of my favorite songs. But it's funny, but it's not because it's really people that are really still holding those type of grudges, and regardless of how much you've accomplished or changed in your life you still can't go back to you know those people will never see it because of petty differences and they won't partner up and they won't trust you based on something that happened back when you were in high school when all of y'all were immature you know so it's crazy so then i add in the social media aspect um i don't want to call it a meme because it's really not a meme because people just post it, you know, just randomly. And it can have different variations, but it all comes back to the same thing. Because I've seen people say, oh, I don't have any friends or I don't trust nobody. You know, we have friends, a family. I'm out here by myself. And this, that, and the third. And so, initially, when I used to see that type of stuff, I say, you know what? Maybe that person is right. Maybe you're right. You know, you really can't trust people. You know, people will stab you in the back. You know, people will, you know, throw dirt on you. People won't be happy for you. People won't support you. And recently, when I look at something like that, I say, man, you know what? Those people are not putting forth the 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 type of effort and the type of energy that they need to put forth to actually find people that they can trust, people that can be their friends and do stuff like that. Because a lot of times we're stuck into, um, you have friends by proximity. And what I mean by friends by proximity, that means that you are friends and you befriend, you befriend people who are in close proximity, people that you can see, which are like co-workers, you know, places that you frequent. You know, you may go to a restaurant or something like that. But the Internet and social media has made the world such a small place that you don't have to have tried to make people that are in proximity of you your friends. You can have a best friend who lives in Houston, Texas, and you're from Atlanta, Georgia. Or you can have a best friend that lives in Chicago, Illinois, and you're from San Antonio, Texas, or any other place. That can become your best friend. You got ways to communicate with those people. You got Zoom. You got Skype. You got FaceTime. You got all types of different type of things where you can be, y'all can talk every single day. And that particular person can campaign on your behalf. You can campaign on their behalf. Y'all can partner up to put on events. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Y'all can partner up to build things. Y'all can partner up to start uh, nonprofits, you know, LLCs, um, you know, investment groups, you know, just all type of things. And you can trust that person. And you've only met that person recently. So going back to the social media aspect, the good thing about social media, right? It's a lot of good, it's a lot of bad, but I tend to look at the good of it because the bad of it, you know, is, is life. Life is good and bad. There's no one way or the other. You know, it's just you got to have both. And one good thing about social media is 
Facebook in particular, and even Instagram, and I'll get to that in a second. But the thing about Facebook is, if you're interested in something and you feel like, hey, I don't trust these people, you know, I'm into this, they don't want to do this, they don't want to do that, go to the search button. Whatever it is that you're interested in, type it in. I guarantee you, you will find a group. Click on the group. Group may ask you two or three questions. And after those two or three questions, you answer those two or three questions correctly, boom, you're in the group. And so now you're with people who are thinking the same way that you're thinking. The same way that you're thinking. You can you can converse with these people. Y'all can get personal. You know, y'all can get each other's phone number, which nowadays you don't really need anyone's phone number because you can message somebody. You know, you can DM somebody. So you ain't really necessarily need their phone number. And you can even call people off of Facebook now. So you don't, I don't even need your phone number, you know, so to speak personally. But you can do that. And you can find people that you trust. And the killing part about it is that these people could be in close proximity to you. But seeing is that you've never looked to engage with these pe particular people, you will never know. And what's interesting is sometimes when you go to groups, is that you'll see some of the members of the group, you know, because they may be, you know, they may people, you know, they may be uh, friends that you have, or it may just be a name of a person that you know. You're like, dang, I never knew this person was interested in this, right? And so, boom, they go to the person right there. Dang, we got a partnership. Uh, we got a little trust because, you know, we're interested in the same things, you know, and you go in there and you post. And again, like I said, you can meet somebody from a completely different state and, you know, it opens up opportunities for people to show you, uh, you know, different things, because a lot of times, you know, we're interested in things. We want to do things, but we don't have a person to partner up with, you know. Because the person, you know, because don't nobody know anything. But again, going back to social media, you can go to Facebook and you find a group. If you want to go to Instagram, um, they got hashtags so you can find people that are interested in what you're interested in. You can partner with those people and build trust with those people. You can go, you can go into business, right? So that's the way social media can do it. You know, that's the solution to that particular problem because I just, I hate seeing stuff like that. And again, I just feel like it's because people are trying to make something work in a proximity where it's, you know, it's just not going to work there because people, a lot of times people can't see what you see. And the people that can see what you see, they're not in close proximity of you. They, they're somewhere else. And so you got to go find them. And then when you find them, you know, and you're doing something then you may end up finding, again, like I say, somebody may come forward to you to say, damn, I've been trying to do that for a long time, man. I just never, I just never knew anyone else thought like that. And so y'all can get to work. But again, like I said, you got to be willing to partner up and you got to, you know, be willing to trust somebody with this. Because trust is a, you know, trust is a very, very strong word. And you really got to trust somebody, especially in business. And you're doing something. You got to trust that they're going to uphold their end of the bargain. And the same goes for you. So that's a lot of, you know, that's a lot of that. And you know, some of the examples of trust is, you know, because I've heard, you know, like I said, people say they don't trust anybody or they don't trust anything. And I kind of laugh when I see stuff like that because I'm like, dang, if you're on social media, okay, if you are have your page is private. You're trusting that Facebook's guidelines are going to make sure that your page is private. If you're sending 
secret messages to someone, you're trusting that Facebook is going to make sure that your message is private and doesn't come onto your main screen or doesn't go somewhere that, is, uh, that, that it doesn't need to go. So it's foolish to say you don't trust anybody, anything, and you're on social media because you trust it. And if you're not on social media, you got to trust your vehicle. You trust that when you go to work, you trust that your car, all the tires on the car are going to stay on the car. You trust that the, there's oil in the car. Uh, you trust that nothing happens to the car. You trust that the transmission doesn't go out and stuff like that. So you trust. And then if you get to work, you're trusting that your employer is going to make sure that you got work to do that day. You know, you're trusting that on Friday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Saturday, whenever you get your paycheck, you're trusting that they're going to pay you. You know, so you do trust. Right. You trust. You trust people. You trust things. You trust a lot of stuff. But again, the only reason that you say you don't do that is because you may not take things like that into consideration because it's almost like people saying not appreciating that you have that you can see that you can hear. That you can breathe. You don't need any type of medicine to, to go about your life. You take things like that for granted. So you may take for granted that, dang, the, you know, the tires didn't come off the car on my way to work. I didn't have a flat. You know, but you're trusting these type of things. So like I said, it's, it's crazy to me to say you don't, you know, you don't trust those type of things or whatever like that. You know, but we just have to, we have to trust people. And you know, and another example, you know, because I'm a sports guy and, um, you know, football, from a defensive standpoint, it's like you got a defensive line, you got the linebackers, you got the secondary. And, you know, for all my football heads out there, you know that on defense, if the offense is running the ball, let's say they're running the ball through the B gap, right? I know I may be talking over some people here, but the B gap is the gap between the guard and the tackle, you know, and the guard and the tackle. And so, if the defensive lineman is supposed to be in the B gap, and the linebacker is supposed to be in the A gap, which is between the center and the guard, if one of those two are not there, if two of them end up going to B gap, or, or both of them end up going to the A gap, then the running back, if he can see, he's going to go to the gap where nobody's there. So, boom, he didn't evade the D line, he didn't evade the linebacker. So, now, you, now you're depending on the safety to make the tackle. And the safety missed the tackle, it's a touchdown. And so the person that gets the blame on the play more times than not is the safety that he missed the tackle. But really, the safety was trusting that the linebacker was going to be in the gap he needed to be in, the defensive line was going to be in the gap that he was that he needed to be in. And so in sports, if something like that continues to happen, the coach is going to yank the person out that's not doing the job right. Because if he doesn't, a lot of times what may happen is that somebody may try to overcompensate. So, again, let's just say the D lineman was supposed to be in the A gap and the linebacker was supposed to be in the B gap. And the linebacker keeps going to the A gap with the D lineman. The D lineman may say, dang, they keep going to the B gap. He's not there. So let me go to the B gap now because that's what they run into. And so the linebacker may say, dang, I've been going to the wrong gap. So now they both go to that gap. And so, you you know, it's a loss of trust. But if everything's working in perfect symmetry, then, the, you know, the running back doesn't have anywhere to go, you know, a tackle for loss or, you know, minimal gain. So you, you, you trust people. You trust things. So, you know, never say that you don't trust something, you know, because you do. Never say that you don't need nobody because you do. You know, everybody needs somebody.
And the thing about it, again, like I say, people been burned by people so much. And again, it goes back to you're burned by people for, mo for, for, in my opinion, you're burned by people who don't see what it is that you're trying to do. People won't come through. And a lot of times it's, it's, it's envy and it's jealousy. And so if that's, I mean, obviously if that's the case, then boom, again, go find your Facebook group. All those people that are envy and jealous of you, delete them off your page and, and send free requests to people who are not envy and jealous of you. It's simple. It's just like what I said about the football coach. If the lineman is messing up, he's taking them out there. He putting somebody in that knows how to do the job. So that's the same thing you're supposed to do in life. If you don't trust people that you know, delete those, you know, get those people out of your life and find people that you do trust so you can partner with these people and you can do something big, right? So, you know, that's the way I look at it. And, you know, like I said, that's just, you know, getting back to that, that's just how you find people you can trust. You can go to Facebook or if you're interested in something which, like I said, I'm a part of a group now where, you know, we do books, right do books and i'm getting into you know writing scripts and things like that you know because they're things that i want to do so obviously if i'm around people who don't know how to do or write scripts and stuff like that i can't get mad with them and say dang ain't none of y'all ever got no ideas i just can't trust you i told you to do this and this or whatever like that and it's like dang that person don't know how to do that so Move that person out the way and go find someone else that can do it. So, again, you know, if you're interested in something, go on the Internet, type it in, and they got an event for it. You know, for example, you know, like I said, you know, I'm an author. And so one thing for me to do aside from trying to, you know, sell the book, social media and stuff like that, I need to get out in front of more people. So the next, first thing I need to do is I need to find events where people are, selling books and talking about books and so that's a book festival and book fairs and so i went on the internet i found you know book fairs book festivals and so i'm gonna go there because i'm gonna be around people who are trying to do the same thing that that i'm doing but also i'm going there to look for maybe a partnership and you know establish some trust you know but again a partnership you know we can network we can do something because anyone, you know, a lot of people can help you, you know, with a lot of things. But a lot of people had a sober pride of mindset because that's what we see in America. We see numero uno. But we don't, we don't necessarily ever see the group. And one example of that, which is the easy example I can think of, is like a movie. Let's take Training Day, for example. For everyone that's seen Training Day. All right. We, a lot of people say, man, that's Denzel's best role. Because we've never seen Denzel do that. And so we like Denzel. And so, but the thing about training day is Denzel wasn't the only person that was the reason training day was a success. Denzel didn't write that script. Somebody else wrote the script. And Denzel just brought the script to life. So you got a director. You got an executive producer. You got music people. You got stunt people you got all different type of people that go in to make this one project and that was that was trust because best believe in a movie or something of that nature if you can't trust somebody to come through with their end of the bargain they're not going to be there because we got a budget and the whole purpose of this is putting together the best project that we can have 
But the thing about it is, is that those people that are doing those roles that are not as publicized, they take that role and they run with it because they're like, you know what, if I do a good job right here, this person may recommend me to something else. Or if I do a good enough job, I'm going to be the first person they call and we're going to partner up again and make this happen. I don't necessarily need the recognition on the front end because when the credits roll, there's my name right there. Now, a lot of people don't sit in to the credits, but sit down and look at the credits sometime of a movie and just look at the amount of names of people that are there. And just think about, dang, all these people had a level of trust and they was able to partner up and look what they put together. A masterpiece. Now, some movies are bad, you know, but a lot more are good, at least in my opinion. So, you know, we just have to look at it. Um, We got to look at it like that. And we need to really just try to take advantage of the Internet, you know, more. You know, it's a lot of things going, you know, again, it's a lot of things going on. And, you know, I'm going to do a lot of podcasts about a lot of things that are going on is, you know, the way is as quickly as I get the information. But work together, you know, that's what I told my wife. I told my wife, I said, you know, I want to work together with as many people as I can, that we have the same common goal and interest. That's what I want to do, because I'm not my 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 credit and. My credit will come from helping somebody else achieve what it is that they want to achieve. And so once you establish a level of partnership and trust with people, then you start breaking chains. And the paradigm starts to go from, oh, I can't trust my brother to I don't trust. You know, I can't go without trusting my brother. I can't go without doing partnerships with my brother because I know he going to give 110 percent. I'm going to give 110%, and if we got somebody else, they're going to give 110%, and everyone is going to come in at the deadline. They're going to overperform, not underperform. They're going to overperform because that's just how dedicated they are to it, you know. So just think about, you know, just think about that. You know, you just really have to, to work together and try to accomplish a common goal. Because, you know, another example, if a person is building a house, you got to trust that the man that made the foundation, that the foundation is going to be strong enough to hold the frame and the roof. And the person that made the roof, I mean, the person that made the foundation got to trust that the person making the frame and the roof are suitable enough for the foundation. So, you know, we just have to, you have to trust people more. And look to do more and more partnerships because the more partnerships that you can do, the more that you can get accomplished. And so that's what it is. So it's the Paradigm 132 podcast with Shy Horn. Subscribe and we'll be back to you next week with another pod. Peace.